Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Good afternoon, everyone. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. I am so excited about today's show. I've been waiting for a couple weeks for this show because we have Mr. Evan Nearman, the founder and CEO of Red Banyan on the show today. He's the only two-time guest that we've had on the show. That's how important the information he has to give to the people watching and viewing the show and to the world at large. Now, Evan also is a two-time TED Talk presenter. We're gonna get into that in a little bit because it's very fascinating what he's been able to do with the TED Talks uh, to come across in a way that is very powerful and very interesting as well. So Evan, the founder of CEO and Red Banyan, welcome to the show and congratulations for only being the number one, first time, two-time, contributor to the show. Andy, I'm excited. It's the first time anybody has ever accused me of two-timing them, and I felt so proud. So thank you for having me, not once, but twice. It's, it's just as great to be here this time as it was last time. I love it, Evan. Let's pull the lens back. Let's get to it. I know you've only sliced out a certain amount of time for me today. I've got so many questions for you. Let's pull the lens back a little bit. Let's talk about Red Banyan, and then we're going to get into it today. You got it. All right. Well, look, quick, quick and dirty on Red Banyan. We're a strategic communications firm. We help organizations who want to accomplish their goals, and we use strategic communications PR in order to help them accomplish them. For some of our clients, that means they want to get in the press. For some of our clients, that means they want to get out. So, Whatever their needs are, we've got a, a team of former, mostly former journalists, great writers, and we help them uh, promote a concept that I would describe as press the truth. And that is this idea that in this day and age, it's not enough to have the facts on your side, to have a story that you want to tell. You got to get in the mix. You got to tell it. You've got to press the truth. And that's what we're really all about. You see, I love that, Evan, and you're known as one of the world's great storytellers. So when somebody reaches out to Red Banyan and they think they have a story for their startup or their mid-sized company, or whether they're, let's just say, an Inc. 500 company, and you hear the story, how often do you need to change their story to make it sort of interesting to the people that are going to be hearing that story on the other end? Sadly, almost always. Not to say that we have to change the facts or we have to invent things. That's not what I'm suggesting. But it's interesting when you, when you interview an entrepreneur, business person, and you ask him or her about their company, 
company, what they do. So many of the times they latch right into the, forget the 30,000 foot view, they go for the three millimeter view and they get really into the details and they describe the who, what, when, where of what they do and they provide uh, a really non-compelling, non-memorable narrative. And so by and large, what business owners need to keep in mind is people don't want to just hear about the what, what it is that you do. They want to also understand the why. Why do you do it? How did you identify the need? And why is what makes your company unique, special? And so I think storytelling as a, as a critic, it's a, such a critical element in business, but sadly, it's one of the ones that's often most neglected. But I guess it's a good thing that, that people often don't know how to tell the story because it means that we get to come in and we, we get to help them tell that story, which is exciting. That so, interesting. Yeah, that's very exciting. And that, that's a great sort of niche that you've been able to build as well as, as well as, of course, your crisis management part of your business. But let's keep talking about the storytelling just for a minute because it's so interesting to me when I speak to entrepreneurs so often that they can't really encapsulate what their business even does in less than 10 or 20 or 30 seconds. And they have to go on and on and on and on. And by the time they get done explaining it, you've lost interest and you're not even interested in hearing it. So is that one of the things that Red Banyan specializes in? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll just put this question to you. I know you're the one asking the questions here, but I'm going to flip the script now and I'm going to ask you, Andy, what is it that you do? Well, we provide an amazing platform for entrepreneurs to tell their story and we get that word out about them all over the world. Okay. That's pretty damn good. You know exactly what you do and why you do it. And so I, I would say to you, um, as someone who purports to be a storyteller and to provide a platform for people who are doing it, you're, you're walking the talk. So that's, that's a great example of you in a sentence. You really captured what you do and, and how you guys do it. So um, the good news is you don't have to hire us. Well, I don't think I can afford you, Evan, but that's, that's great to hear. So Evan, let's talk about crisis management because we wanted to talk about this in terms of what's happening 2021, everybody's, you know, online or on TV talking about things like the cancel culture and things that are going on in social media. And we're reading all the stories about CEOs that are sort of being told not to speak what they believe to be their truth or else it's going to cause stock prices to go down and cause the company some challenges. In a, at a high level, let's talk about crisis management and what, what Red Banyan can do for a company in the crisis management field. Sure. Well, look, I spent years with people calling me a chicken. And weren't just calling me a chicken. They were calling me Chicken Little, who if you remember the kid's story, Chicken Little was the one who was running around telling everyone the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and guess what? The sky never fell. Well, I've been running around for almost a decade telling people since I founded Red Banyan about 10 years ago saying, it is not a matter of if, it is when. Your organization is going to face a crisis. So you have really two options. You can either wait and you can react in the moment and spend a lot of money hiring a crisis management firm and scrambling, or you can get ahead of it and you can prepare ahead of time. And 
almost universally, the message that I got was, wow, that's really interesting. And I just don't buy it. And I'm not going to pay for crisis management consulting or assistance. I'm not going to pay to put together a crisis plan because I just don't know if it'll ever happen. And so we'll just, we'll just roll the dice and see. Well, I think 2020 will go down in the history books as the year of the crisis. And it's the year where I finally had to stop telling people that crises were inevitable. And I spent more of my time telling people how they could pivot and move past crises. And I think, unfortunately, those of us who were hoping that we would close the book on 2020 and we turn over a new leaf and we'd be in smoother waters and smooth sailing, unfortunately, 2021 has been a hell of a ride thus far as well, which really underscores the message that I have to anyone who's out there, which is, you know, one, regardless of whether you're in a crisis or you're just trying to be competitive in the marketplace, you got to be prepared to tell your story and to tell it well, to tell it at the right time in the right way to the people who matter most. And simultaneously, you need to prepare because even if things are going well now, there's always a crisis ahead. And the investment that you make today in identifying where your potential weak spots are it's the crisis PR is one of these areas where, where the old saw of a, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that's completely true when it comes to crisis PR. And there's this, this notion that, you know, a crisis is something that's just going to blow in out of the blue, unexpected, and there's no way to see it. Well, that's actually completely wrong. In most cases, you could predict with the fairly high probability what types of problems any organization is going to experience. And I think what with cancel culture and the, the many questions that organizations have to wrestle with when they're dealing with issues of related to racial, systematic racial inequality and, and the fight, um, specifically Black Lives Matter and people of color. Um, you talk about a recent um, reckoning that's happened with the Me Too movement the last couple of years have just shown that organizations have to be more attuned to what they say and how they say it than arguably at any time before in our history. And the interconnectedness of the media today and the internet, it just amplifies everything. It speeds up uh, the amount of time that you simply can't afford to sit back. It reduces that amount of time so that you need to get your message out there. But the good news is there are more ways to get your message out than ever before. See, that makes all the sense in the world. So what I'm hearing is when it comes to crisis management, if you wait until, if you're a leader or a founder or a CEO, whether it's a startup uh, or a Series A round funded company or a mid-sized company or even a large Inc. 500 company, if you wait for the crisis to happen, you're too late. So that's why you need to sort of put one foot in front of the other as you're moving forward by putting a good story together, hiring somebody like Red Banyan to make sure that you're presented to the public in the best possible way so that when that inevitable crisis occurs, which normally occurs for all companies at some point in time, you're ready. Is that sort of the, the way that it lays out? Yeah. The only thing I would say differently is if you reach out for help when you when the crisis hits, you're not necessarily too late. Is it better to do it before? A hundred percent. Absolutely. But just because you didn't prepare in advance, but then you're experiencing it, it doesn't mean all is lost that you, you, you've missed the boat and it's too late. Um, there are almost always things that you can do or say 
regardless of the situation, that will increase your, your, the likelihood that you will weather the storm and that you'll be able to, to move past it. And I think, you know, when I think about crisis communications, when I think about communications and PR, let's go broader, Andy, because I know a lot of the folks who, who tune in to see you, they're interested in building their businesses. They want to get their brand out there. They want to grow revenue. They want to grow their teams. They want to increase the number of sales, the number of clients. Storytelling and communicating are so essential. It's, it's one of these arenas that people think of last and they should really be putting it first. Because if you can tell a compelling story and you can make a compelling case for your business and the need that you're fulfilling in the marketplace, well, all the rest of it is going to happen. You're going to increase your sales. You're going to grow your team. You're going to grow revenue. Um, the worst thing that you can have is to be boring and unfindable. And if you don't have a story to tell, well, you need to enlist the help of someone in the media, someone like yourself who knows how to tell stories well. You need to engage with creatives in, in, in and around you. you. I'm not just saying you need to hire a, a PR firm or a marketing agency, but think about telling a story. Think about saying something memorable. If you're an accountant and someone says, oh, hey, what do you do? And you just come back and you say, oh, well, you know, I have a mid-sized accounting firm. Yeah, that's not significant. But if you were to ask, and I'm making this up on the fly here, but if you were to ask an, an accountant at a cocktail party, since we all know accountants love to hang out at cocktail parties, um, and you say to the guy, you know, oh, so tell me what you do. And he says, I make the dreams of entrepreneurs come true. Oh, how do you do that? Well, he's just explained the value that he provides. He's just roped you in by telling you that he's got this interesting thing that he does. And then... I've then responded and now I've opened the door so you could say, well, I do that because I help make sure that they have the cash in the bank that they need uh, in order to grow their businesses and live the lives they've always wanted. So just that little nuanced changing of the dial and the perspective makes all the difference. And that's the power of communications. Evan, send me a bill because I'm going to steal that line the next time somebody asks me what I do. What I do, I'm going to say I make the dreams of entrepreneurs come true. Send me a bill. But no bill. You know what? You, <laughs> you all have to pay it forward. Um, if you if if you got some value from that comment, and if there's one viewer out there who comes away from watching this and feels like they got something of substance, my job is done, and and that's all the reward that I need. I love it. I love it, Evan. Let's turn it around a little bit now and let's get into these TED Talks that everybody's talking about and have been talking about. You're a two-time TED Talk presenter. The first, uh, I'm not sure which one came first. Was it Never Tell the Truth, the first one that you did, or was that the second one? That was the second one. Let's talk about the first one first, how we risk our lives online. And you gave a TED Talk about this. So, Obviously, people are going to watch the TED Talk if they haven't already seen it, but can you sort of give us a summary of what that TED Talk is about and, and how you came up with that great title? Because as soon as you read it, How We Risk Our Lives Online, I want to watch it. Well, good. That's the idea. And I guess that means we did a good job in coming up with the title. So um, I'm glad it worked and it roped you in. That's 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 the point. And, and honestly, when you, when you look at um, any kind of content, especially, you know, visual content, 
uh, you, you, it needs to have the, it all starts with the headline. And I would say to entrepreneurs and business people who are watching, think about your email in the same way. What's that headline? The headline is the subject line of your email. And if you're your emails say things like follow-up or checking in or introduction. Well, you're not really making a great first impression and there's a high likelihood the person's just going to hit delete before they even open that message. So think about your in- email inbox, the subject line as being a headline. That's just an extra tip. Um, look, here's how I would describe the value or value proposition or the main message of, of the TED talk I gave. And I'm going to tell it to you now and you'll, you'll hear it in, in 10 seconds and then you'll, you'll save yourself the other nine and a half minutes. You won't even have to watch it. But if you do this, this, these two things, two seems to be the theme, you know, two TED talks, two times on your show. If you do these two things, you can make sure that you protect your brand and you don't find yourself in a crisis. And that is you share with care and post with purpose. Share with care, post with purpose. And by that, you know, the headline talks about how we risk our lives online. The way we risk our lives online is we risk our physical safety if we're revealing too much or we're posting, you know, ask the people who rioted at the Capitol and broke into the Capitol if they were uh, sharing with care when they were posting selfies, having uh, overrun the Capitol police and invaded uh, federal property. Well, because they didn't share with care, the FBI and other law enforcement has has had a really easy time identifying these individuals and finding them and holding them to account. That's one example. Another would be, you know, I go on vacation to Bermuda. I'm just making this up. I've never actually been to Bermuda, but I hear it's very nice. I go to Bermuda and I post a great picture of my family on the beach hanging out in Bermuda. And I say, man, we're in Bermuda this is day one. I can't wait to see what the next week is going to bring. And meanwhile, I'm telegraphing to the world. My home is empty. So please go to my house. Not, not only do you have tonight to get in there and take what you want, you've got seven more days to just pick the bones dry. So that's what I mean when I say share with care. And the other is post with purpose. And by that, I mean, we have to avoid the tendency to just put things out on the internet without there being a strategic goal or purpose behind it. But if you post with purpose and you have a a fundamental thing that you're trying to accomplish in everything that you put out, it changes the the calculus completely. And then instead of just putting out things that, that don't move your company forward or your personal brand forward, or they don't really reflect who you are, um, you're missing an opportunity or you're potentially creating a, 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 a trap to fall into. So again, do these two things, share with care, post with purpose when it comes to social media. If you do those, then you'll never need to call Red Banyan for crisis PR help because of a social media meltdown. Evan, I love that. How often do you see someone that did not post with purpose uh, in their private life and then that not posting with purpose transfers over into their business life and it causes all kinds of havoc? It's a great question. And, and it happens all day, every day. And this is the, the domino effect. It, we used to be really attuned to the idea that, you know, in your, in your private life, you posted something and it has an impact potentially on your professional life. Well, the same is also true. And this is tough for business owners. That same equation applies to your team members as well, your employees. So now 
if you've got employees who are failing to post with purpose or share with care, it can boomerang back and create a really unfortunate situation for your business. So we get calls all the time from business owners and, and some of them, yes, they failed to follow that advice and they've gotten themselves in trouble. Uh, in other instances, they're floundering because someone at their company wasn't even them. An employee, a contractor said or did something online totally separate outside of the context of business, but in their private lives. And it ended up creating a problem for the business. So now more than ever, companies really have to invest in educating, not just themselves, but their employees to embrace that concept and to be cautious because the, the impacts, uh, it can be swift and, and the internet can be a very rowdy, raucous place. And there are lots of online activists who are just sitting at home dying for an opportunity to take somebody down. And if your employees aren't sharing with care or posting with purpose, they could inadvertently create a, a tremendous amount of pain for your organization. You see, I can see that being a real need where these companies really need to invest in education for their employees because if their employees don't post with purpose, that reflects upon the company in a negative way. And then that company has a problem, not only perhaps with, let's say, their financial, uh, their financials or their, or their reporting to their shareholders, but it can, it can lead to a lot of problems. So that's what I think I'm hearing. Let's talk about the next TED Talk that you gave, because this title is the greatest title ever. Never tell the truth. So let's get into that just for a little bit. And tell us at a high level really what that means and what that TED Talk was all about. Yeah, well, that was a really fun one because I, I learned some important lessons in the first TED Talk. Uh, the first was, was you know, you got to go prepared. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is when you're standing on the, on the stage giving a TED Talk or appearing at a TEDx, there's no teleprompter. There are no cue cards. There are no confidence monitors there at the edge of the stage you're really just, you commit the talk to memory and you have to deliver. Uh, I think one of the lessons that I learned in my first one was uh, I talked too much and I felt when I watched it that I, I needed to cut it down. And I said, you know what, the next talk I give, it's gonna be three or four minutes at a minimum shorter. So my second TED talk is significantly uh, shorter, attention spans are re being reduced and I was trying to make my talk more, a little punchier, a little bit more to the point. Um, never tell the truth. Ironically, you know, people read that headline and they think that it's going to be somebody talking about why you need to lie and misrepresent and spin and all these other words that people use to disparage uh, PR people, spin doctors, hacks, flax, whatever they want to call uh, communications professionals. Um, the point I make in that is what we talked about at the opening part of this interview, which is this idea that it's not enough to simply tell the truth. In, in, in that talk, I, I used the phrase, you know, you, it's not enough to tell the truth, you have to sell the truth. I've since modified that a little bit. I've, 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 what, what, what I've, you know, and this is, this is the thing that all entrepreneurs do is you have an idea, you, ex, you execute against it, you put it out there, and then once you, a, a, a wonderful entrepreneur um, 
friend of mine who I met through EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, used to have this, this mantra, which was make it bad, make it better. And to me, the first time he said it, I was like, what the heck does that mean? That makes no sense. Make it bad. Why would you make it bad? But the, the idea behind that is, you know, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Get it out there, put it out in the world. And then over time, if, as you need to perfect it, tweak it, adjust it, you will. So in, in the TED Talk, you'll hear me talk about it's not enough to tell the truth. You have to sell the truth. I, I tweaked it slightly and made it press the truth because I didn't like the idea. No one likes to be sold. And I didn't want people to take away that I'm, I'm, I'm selling in a negative sense or that you should sell somebody a bill of goods or sell them. Instead, I made it press the truth, meaning with a double entendre where you need, to, you need to push the concept, but then also because we work with reporters and the press, hence press the truth. Um, but it's, it's about being active and it's about being engaged. And it's this idea that the rules of the game have fundamentally changed. We're all interconnected. You're going to interact literally in your life with hundreds of millions or even billions of people online who are going to see your content, read your articles, see your social media posts. You're never going to get the chance to meet those people face to face. But the stories that you tell and how you say what you want to say and the message that you get across, that's incumbent on you to put that out there. No one else is going to do it. Um, so it's about taking responsibility and being willing to engage and being willing to open yourself up and to be transparent and to be authentic and to communicate. If you've got something to say, well, you damn well better say it um, because if you don't, people are going to say it and they're not going to say it as well or they're going to say it with a different spin. So instead, you can't let other people define you. You got to define yourself. See, I love that. And there was a lot of beautiful things that you said right there. And one thing that stands out after me speaking to so many entrepreneurs is a lot of entrepreneurs, they get frozen early and they can't make an action step. They don't want to even take that first action step because they want everything to be absolutely perfect. And something to learn here from, from Evan is, you know, maybe you go out and it's not absolutely perfect, but if you keep improving it and you keep making it better and you make that commitment and have that passion to do things better and better and better every single time, you ultimately get to your goal. Evan, you know, we have a lot of, uh, we've interviewed a lot of veterans. We've interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs that are, that are veteran-owned businesses. We have a lot of, of veterans that watch the show. Uh, we, we interviewed some, some wonderful, uh, even nonprofits that are helping the veterans throughout the country. And, and in closing, you know, we spoke about it prior to going on here, but you've got an American flag over your left shoulder. Uh, we, we support the veterans. I know from you telling me a little bit that it was your grandfather that was a World War II veteran. And, you know, a lot can be learned from those guys about grit and going forward and, and, and pushing through things and never saying no and fighting for something you believe in. Um, so maybe you could just uh, tell us, what what it means from your perspective to be an entrepreneur and and what it means to be able to fight through problems and challenges just like your grandfather did during World War II. Maybe you could just share something about that before we um, um, have to close down the shop because I know your schedule is very tight today. Yeah, well, thank you. And, uh, you know, even just 
pausing for a moment here. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm getting a little emotional thinking about my grandfather. For me, he's probably the one person who had the biggest influence in my life and, and making me the person that I am. And, you know, the, the flag that you see behind me was presented to my grandmother at his funeral. Um, it was the only thing of his that I really wanted. Um, he and I had a very special relationship and, you know, my grandfather taught me so many more lessons than I could possibly, we could spend 10 hours on this call talking about the lessons taught to me by my grandfather. Um, they were just, you know, a life well lived and a, and a, and a, a guy who really lived by example. And I think, you know, for me, one of, the, one of the things that he instilled in me was a great sense of patriotism and a sense of appreciation for the opportunities that exist in this country. And, and I know America is not perfect. And I know we, we we're going through um, what for most of us is, is a very tumultuous time, uh, more political divisiveness than we've ever had, rhetoric, actions. Um, there's a lot that's sort of pulling at the fabric of our democracy. Um, but I, I remain eternally hopeful about the future of America. And I think anyone who's in business um, in the United States, they've already won the lottery because you're starting a, a, a company or, or a business in, in a place where dreams really can come true. And, you know, the American dream is alive and well, if you're willing to put in uh, the, the work and the effort and the commitment uh, it's possible. And I learned that from my own grandfather, you know, he was born into very tough circumstances. He was raised in an orphanage um, as a young man, his mother died in childbirth and his father had to give him up and put him in the orphanage because during the depression, he couldn't take care of him. Well, my grandfather ended up uh, by sheer force of will, you know, got himself a scholarship to Georgetown University in DC. He never graduated because the, he was drafted and he was called to service and he went to, ser to serve in Europe and he did that. And, you know, the other thing that you, you probably can't make it out over my other shoulder is I've, I've got a photo of two friends of mine from high school sitting on the other bookcase. And uh, these are guys who, who I knew growing up and uh, both of them uh, decided to enlist. They both were in the Navy and they both uh, became Navy SEALs. And in fact, they reached the highest level and became uh, members of SEAL Team 6. And ironically, in, in a really cruel twist of fate, um, these two guys who were just unbelievable guys um, ended up on the same, you know, from the same small town in, in northwest Louisiana. They ended up on the same Chinook helicopter that got shot down in Afghanistan. And so they grew up together and they ended up dying together. And so I've got their photos there also as, as a reminder of sacrifice and commitment. And, you know, to the point that you raised, Andy, you know, even though it feels like a battle day in, day out to keep positivity and to keep moving forward in the face of, of challenges, um, what we as business owners and entrepreneurs face, uh, at the end of the day, it's not the same as, you know, the life or death situations that our soldiers face. It's, it's just... There are lots of parallels and lots of metaphors you can use, but at the end of the day, those who are willing to, to, to make the ultimate sacrifice for our country, um, they deserve a degree of appreciation and respect, I think, that we as all Americans should give them. Um, but in closing, I would just say, you know, for me, you know, I draw a lot of inspiration and in thinking about the, the lesson of my grandfather and the lesson of, of these buddies of mine from high school. And I believe in this country 
I believe in the opportunity that it affords. And the American dream is alive and well. And to anyone who happens to be listening uh, or watching this video and you're, you're thinking about starting a business or you're thinking about a career change, life is way too short um, to spend your time doing something you're not passionate about. So my message would be, you know, believe in yourself, be willing to take that chance, um, be willing to put yourself out there. And like you said, it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, just get started. You know, the, from, from a 5K to a marathon to an ultra distance race, the hardest part is always the same and that's taking the first step. I love that. I love that, Evan. That is such great advice, such, such great uh, introspection on your part. You're a patriot. And what you said, when you, when you open a business in America, you've won the lotto. I mean, that is absolutely true. Evan, this has been a real delight. I've had some questions burning in the back of my head for a number of weeks now. And I know you've, you've got to run to some other meetings that you have. So I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, it was so good to see you again and uh, happy to talk with you and uh, reach out anytime. You know where to find me. 